This episode of the Round 6 Podcast is brought to you by Trailer Tug, the world's strongest trailer dolly. Learn more at TrailerTug.com. It's the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories. Hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stubsky, Alex Welsh, and Brad King. On episode 68, we talked to our very own Alex Welsh and uh, find a little bit about his background in hot rods and what got him into it and what, uh, what he's doing in the future. Stay tuned. <sighs> yeah, um, welcome, uh, welcome to the Round 6 Podcast. Um, I'm Brian. <sighs> I'm Brad. <sighs> and, and, and I'm Alex. <clears throat> what, whatever's left of us, you know. Tonight, I, I we, we'd like to talk to you about a problem that you may not be too well aware of, and uh, that's starving podcasters. Bring them inside, people. They're hungry. They're, they're right now. They're hot. They're they're cold. They just want to be loved. Some people will never experience the joy. Of a quality podcast. <sighs> the simple joy of three guys huddled around a microphone for the the warmth that that content brings. So, what can you do to help? You ask. Well, for less than the price of a. The stick of gum that we all split this afternoon for sustenance. By the way, Alex, it's my turn. It's, you know, if, if you want to know how it really works, this is, uh, it's, it's an odd week in the month, so uh, it was Brad's turn to lick the cracker. I miss those days. You get it next week. Sorry. So broken up. <sighs> yeah, well, well, that said, uh, hey, uh, why not? Uh, we'll just sit here and we'll talk to uh, to Alex this week. I mean, you know, try. Who am I kidding? Um, <laughs> yeah, this podcast is like chicken soup for your ears. Does that does that work? Will that work? That'll work. Well. That's a, no, what if you pour chicken soup into your ears and you get a noodle stuck? That would be our podcast. Our, our podcast is that Consider noodle. Consider us a noodle stuck in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> like an egg noodle wedged deep yeah, into your ear. Yeah, a cold, <laughs> wet egg noodle. <laughs> I miss food. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pass the gum around again. Come on, guys. <laughs> Could be like last week when Brad swallowed it. <laughs> He's been known to do that. The bad habit of mine. Gotta say, though, Alex, good job wrenching it back out of there. <laughs> hey. He wasn't done with it yet. Nope. There's still a lot of life in that gum. There's still some juicy left in that fruit. The Round Six Podcast. We're like, we're like the beach hobos on the internet. This is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, you too. You know, well, on a serious note, though, uh, feel free, you know, head on over. You could sponsor us on Patreon, you know? Yeah. It's not even sugarcoat this sucker. That's yeah. right. We'd like to keep this thing going, but man, we're doing this out of our pocket, and it's starting to get a little, a little difficult. It, it is. In a serious note, we're kind of screwing around. Um, it, it's a pricey proposition, and I hate doing one of these PBS-style intro things. Imagine if this happened every week. 
<laughs> even our lone patron would leave. Is, is that really what you want? No. I mean, simply put, uh, really, uh, keep the great guests coming. Uh, we do have a ton of great stuff in the works. Um, we, we have a few different tiers that are super affordable. I mean, hell, for, for a less than what we got, about a buck an episode, uh, you could help support this mess, help us uh, produce really great podcasts, again, bring you great guests, uh, mentoring, career advice, things like that. Over on patreon.com, uh, you can find us there, patreon.com slash round six, R-O-U-N-D-S-I-X. Uh, you know, and, uh, if you feel like it, you know, uh, throw us a couple bucks. So uh, maybe we can buy another cracker to pass around and lick. Wow, okay, we got that out of the way, I guess. Yeah, that said. Um, it's always difficult. There we are. Yeah, I, I hate doing that, you know. It's like, hey, yeah. help these guys be touched by an angel. <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> wait, you, you went too far with that. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Help Brad get touched by the, the arm of an angel. Hey, yeah, I used to work with angel. Holding an apple. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, my God. Okay, now this episode, this is something that uh, we, we kind of need to do for a while, and uh, we're going to kind of break it up a little bit. But um, you probably kind of wondered a little bit about who we are. Maybe you didn't want to know. Maybe you just hoped we wouldn't actually bring it up, <laughs> talk about stuff that you don't want to hear. But, uh, <laughs> well, we're gonna it brought tell me up. Let's go. <laughs> Thought we'd tell a little bit about ourselves here. So tonight, we're uh, we're throwing dart at, darts at Alex. So, yeah, because alphabetically he's first. So yeah. Well, okay. wait a minute. My last name would make me last. This is why we're, we're helping you. This is why we're helping okay. you think about all those okay. times in grammar school when it was. You're like, right. I was Man, always I in the I back. Always the I last was guy. Always in the back. Yeah, yeah. We're me and Mike Young. With poor Mike, yeah. See, we're yeah, not gonna me, me and Jeff Zicker. Oh gosh. <laughs> and the foreign exchange student, right? And the foreign exchange student that nobody could speak. That's right. No, nobody knew his name. Threw him back there. Good old alphabet soup. We love yeah, him. Yeah, here's how you learn English, kid. Get all the way in the rear. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. huh? That's not. Oh, that didn't come out right. That's well, not how. Well, I even that didn't come out right. <laughs> just stop. I'm just gonna quit. Uh, stop. She uh, saw. So you pretty much learned all you need to know about Alex. This is great. Yep. Yep. The end. <laughs> well, well played. Uh, so yeah, man. Uh, we we have so many other people on, and everybody seems to know them. So um. Uh-huh. Heck, man. Uh, I don't even know Alex. No. Alex, you will. Uh, you, you will. You will. This will be great, man. So, um, Alex, you're uh, mm. you're pretty much carbon-based? Yes. That's Primarily. Kind of a shepherd's pie of genetic that, makeup. Yeah. Bad coffee, so. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. So what do you need to know? We should have we should have posed this out in the public eye. We should have gone. What do you want to know about Alex? Send oh, your geez. questions to. Yeah, yeah. We should do that now, dude. Let's watch your phone light up next Friday. <laughs> Text Alex right now with your questions uh, about him. <laughs> is it true you're a 80th level Mason and a dungeon master in in Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that. Uh... Oh, how great would that be, dude? Oh, that char- that charisma score of his was a natural twenty. Woo! Woo! Let me roll a nine-sided dice, and I'll get you an answer. That <laughs> <laughs> gives me a good idea, though. Do you ever imagine what if you could make a bowling ball that was like just the bowling ball version of the magic eight ball? Oh, that'd be awesome! <laughs> <laughs> so badass. Comes up the ball return. Reply hazy. Yeah. It's <laughs> not it. in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me again. Better luck tomorrow. Yeah. 
so being an avid bowler no man um <laughs> you you are no stranger to uh the hot rod world as it were mm. yeah yeah I, I enjoy it it's my hobby I, I i greatest people you'll ever meet are in hot rods so now you you didn't re- you didn't really grow up in a car household though did you not really uh i was born and raised in uh, louisville kentucky uh the south end of louisville um family of six there were three three from my my mom died when we were really young uh got cancer when i was four and uh it was at a time when they really couldn't you know when you had cancer they gave you certain things and they sent you home uh so Early on, she was gone, so my dad was remarried. So there's three from my mom and three from uh, my stepmom. So we wound up having a family of six, and I was the middle kid. <clears throat> so I spent a lot of uh, uh, weekends at my grandmother's house, my mom's mom. Uh, and fortunately for me, my youngest uncle on my mom's side, my uncle David, was a total gearhead. And so uh, he always had GTOs and big block Camaros and, and had a, a 62 409 car for a while that he drag raced. And so when he moved out of the house, he left all of his super stock magazines. And so <laughs> he had a stack of them from like 63 to 67, which in my opinion was probably one of the coolest eras of drag racing because you saw cars go from stock to super stock to AFX to funny car. And so to me in that small uh, era, uh, there was probably more progress in drag racing. And so my brother and I would just read these magazines just cover to cover. We probably had 200 of them. And so that kind of really set the hook in me um, with uh, with cars. And so he and I were uh, really, really into it. And we started learning a lot about the differences between cars. And, so, you know, when I was six or seven years old, I knew the difference between a 67 and a 68 Camaro. You know, I knew uh, the difference between a five, six and seven Chevrolet. So we were really fans of, of cars, and then growing up where we did, uh, we had a our neighborhood was had a lot of uh, it's kind of a baby boomer neighborhood. So there was a, a pretty wide span of uh, of kids my age, and then there was the older guys, and the older guys all had Mustangs and uh, 55, six and seven Chevys and things like that. So there's always really cool hot rods in the neighborhood. So I was that kid that would pedal down to the you know the guy's house with the 57 Chevy on my Schwinn and stand there at the edge of his driveway and watch him work on his car. You know, I was that kid. So, um, you know, as I grew up, I, you know, I always wanted to be into, into cars and because of the fact I wasn't of age yet, the only thing I could do was, was bicycles. And so I had a lot of really cool bikes and I was really into the Schwinn, uh, Stingrays back in the day. And so I had a couple of, couple of those that I put together long before anybody ever started restoring those things. I was kind of into it because I thought they were kind of the hot rod equivalent of a bicycle for kids our age. Of course, didn't really have the money to buy a crate, you know, the orange crates. And, you know, those were the coolest bikes out of all of them, but we didn't have the money. Um, So I did the best I could with what I had. So, uh, and being the middle kid, I was kind of the hustler. So, you know, in, in the winter I shoveled driveways and in the spring, I clean gutters and cut grass, and all through the summer, you know, in the fall, I rake leaves. I always, I always had money in my pocket. Maybe I wasn't the best in, you know, in learning how to keep it, but I always had some. So, you know, I was, I was the kid that was always going to the local uh, drugstore and buying the tester's paint and buying models and buying bicycle parts. These are things that you know kind of really groomed me for later on in life of loving things that were mechanical. And so, being in the uh, cars, it groomed you for buying things. Well, yeah, I kind of understood it at an early age. You can go broke with hot rods. You understood the broke thing in a real yeah. early age. I know what it's like not having money in my pocket. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I went to my, my, my dad was really good about ensuring that, you know, we didn't have much money, but he was really good at ensuring that we all got good educations. So, you know, we sacrificed a lot as a family so he could put us through private school. So we got good educations, but I realized uh, about midway through my senior year that I didn't want to, you know, work a factory job. You know, I wanted to go see the world. Unfortunately, my brother Chris was uh, three and a half years older than I was, and he had already gone into the Air Force, and so he was kind of my recon scout. He kind of told me, he kind of told me, he's like, you know, it's it's a great thing to do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. He was a really, he was a great guide in helping to aim me in a direction. Uh, that was that worked out really well for me. So 
when I was in my senior year in high school in January, we had an Air Force recruiter come and he, like everything, you know, they, they do this often in the senior year in high schools that they'll come and talk to the class as well. It set the hook in me and I knew that's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to work on airplanes. That was the ultimate hot rod. And, uh, and you know, I could do it and get paid for it. So two weeks out of high school, uh, I was in San Antonio, Texas, some basic training for the Air Force. It, it set, you know, it was the best decision I ever made uh, because, you know, I didn't have to sit and wait around and fail a couple times at some things, you know, and learn a lot of hard lessons, you know, of things that worked and didn't work. I was dropped right into a fire and um, was, it, you know, went to tech school in Colorado. And then my first duty station was in Georgia. And uh, so, you know, right as soon as I, <laughs> I got to my first duty station, I was already looking for a car. You know, I was going to build my hot rod. So, and that kind of started it for me. Um, I wound up doing right about nine years in the Air Force. And um, uh, I got out and worked construction for about a month while I was waiting for my security clearance to go through. And I got picked up by Northrop at the time when it was just Northrop. It's Northrop Grumman now because they've bought a bunch of other companies. But um, I started working with those guys and got on the B-2 bomber program very early on. Uh, when I hired on, uh, the first airplane had flown, and the second airplane was just coming through what we called final checkout, where it's, uh, it gets electrical power applied for the first time, and you start doing all the systems checks. And so I hired on with those guys in systems checkout, and uh, it's been a great company. I mean, I, I, I thank my lucky stars that I hired in with the best aerospace company out there, and I'll, I'll brag about them. I mean, I, they're, they've been great to me. And uh, I'm at the point now where I'm just about towards the end of my career, and uh, I, I got nothing but good things to say about those guys. They've been they've been good to me and my family. Awesome, man. You are you work at a a place that's loaded with history, man. I mean, yeah, your and job if you're site a, is fantastic. Yeah, if you're a historian, uh, there's some things that you you can almost get. Uh, it just becomes commonplace. Uh, I mean, I've been around some pretty cool people that have done some pretty spectacular things. And right now, well, about for the past 10 or 11 years, I've been out at Edwards Air Force Base working. And uh, that place is just loaded with history. I mean, uh, there's just unique things in the middle of a parking lot. I mean, we're one of the places I used to work at in the parking lot was where the pit was where they used to load the, uh, the X-1, where uh, Chuck Yeager got loaded into the X-1 and they towed it out. He went and set the, the uh, you know, broke the, the sound barrier. So a lot of really cool stuff out there, you know? So it, the, the, the Maverick days of uh, flight tests aren't what they used to be now because, you know, and, and there's a good side of that. Uh, back in the day, a lot of these guys would strap themselves into airplanes and the engineers would go, well, we think it's going to do this. We're pretty certain it'll go this fast and we think it should do a loop. And some of these guys, you know, unfortunately, you know, got messed up pretty bad, you know, when things didn't go as planned. Nowadays, they can put things through simulators, and by the time that they actually do have a flyable uh, uh, plane that they can go and test, they're pretty, they're 99.9% .9 certain of exactly what the thing will do. So um, it's it's pretty pretty impressive. You are, of of our group here, you're kind of the, um, I would say, you're more the historian. You're kind of the the statistics buff. You're, you're the guy who... Uh, yeah. It's funny. That, that's that's like, God, that's such an important part of what we do here, man. You know I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of a research nut. Uh, I, I really want to learn the, the nuts and bolts about things, uh, you know, why things are the way they are. And sometimes when you really, really start really digging in deep, you find out some other things that are related to it that you've never would have known had you not uh, did some research. And it's it's pretty pretty cool. Unfortunately, I can't use a lot of that stuff when we play Trivial Pursuit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but and it's fine. It's fine. Especially the way we play it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full contact. That's right. <laughs> Choose broken, your weapon. <laughs> lots of broken fingers come out of that one. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. I wanted the meat yeah. tenderizer. So okay. Let, let's go back a little bit so people know you got some great car stories and everything. Uh, you can read about some of those on the website too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, um, yeah. I, the Camaro one from, you know, leaving from the base at three o'clock exactly. in the morning. That's a great story. 
Oh yeah, that was yeah. That, you should was... you should tell that story because that's going to come in handy when they when you go for your miracle ear and they ask you. <laughs> you're exposed. Any really well, you things. know, there. I do have severe ringing in my ears, and that's the actual truth for being around the, in in the aerospace world for a number of years. But yeah, that car. Um, when I was a kid, you know, there's always some cars that I always wanted. You know, and you know, I always wanted a '55 Chevy. You know, American Graffiti came out, or Tule Blacktop came out, and everybody wanted a 55 because they're cool cars. They're great cars. I always wanted a, a, a 70 Cuda, but the car that I really always wanted was a 69 Camaro. And so when I was at my first base in Georgia, uh, one of my buddies that uh, I was stationed with, he lived about 45 miles away in a little town called Albany, Georgia, which was just northwest of Valdosta, where we were stationed. And his brother, uh, older brother, was a, a hot rodder as well. Marvin, my buddy, had a 55 Chevy, uh, 327 tonne Ram, four-speed car that was, it was gutted, and it was kind of like a his own version of the two-lane blacktop car. So it was really a fun car. Well, his brother uh, had some 55 Chevys, and he also had a 40 Willys, but he also had a 69 Camaro that I saw in a picture that Marvin had showed me of some of his brother's cars. I saw a front fender of 69 Camaro, and I was like, hey, whose car is that? He goes, well, it belongs to my brother. Uh, Leslie, I think his name was Leslie, and um, he might sell it. And so we went up there one one time, and he said, "Yeah, I'll sell. It. I'll save two for nine hundred bucks." And it ran and drove. I brought it home, did a bunch of work to it. Well, like anything else, I wanted to build more of a hot rod out of it, and so I built a really stomping three hundred two, little small block, and I put an M twenty one in it, put a twelve bolt in it with some gear. And uh, I was on an Air Force budget, and so I remember when I ordered the pistons for that thing, TRW was the only company that made pistons at the time for the 302, and they're really heavy slugs. And I think, 302, I think TRW was the manufacturer that made them for Chevrolet back in the day, I think. Um, but they were 12 and a half to one pistons. So I ordered them, and it took five months to get them. Uh, I don't think TRW or, or at that time I ordered them through Summit, who was ordering them through TRW. I don't think there were any available, and they had to wait till they made the next run. So I put the motor together, and we wound up having to mill a bunch off the top side of the dome because the domes were so thick in them. It gave us the opportunity to mill them down and get the compression down a little bit. But put the motor together, fired it up in the dorm parking lot. It was getting really close. My sister Kathleen was getting married, and she. Um, uh, was stationed. She was in the Air Force as well. She was stationed uh, off at Air Force Base in Omaha. And uh, so I needed to get this Camaro done so I could drive it from Valdosta to Louisville, where I was from. And my dad had already rented a, um, a motorhome, and we were going to drive a motorhome from Louisville to Omaha. Like anything else, you know, you're scrambling to get the thing done. I got the thing where it was running pretty good. I didn't have money for an exhaust. So what I did was... <laughs> I had some thrush turbo or some thrush header mufflers and I bolted them to the headers and just so I could get on and off base because of course you couldn't drive a car like that with open, open headers. They wouldn't even let you on base. So but it was super loud. So uh, I kind of got myself all prepared and ready to go um, on the morning that I was going to leave. It was uh, it was still dark and I wanted to get an early start at it because I knew from Valdosta to Louisville was about 650 miles. I could make it in 12 hours. At that time, the speed limit was 55, and they and they policed it pretty heavily. So, kind of figured it'd take about 12 hours. <clears throat> so, I go out to start up my car. The battery's dead. <laughs> push it into neutral. Push it over to my buddy Brian's uh, spot. He had a Mustang. He had a 71 Mustang Mach 1, and I pushed it over next to his car. Uh, he never locked his car. I got into the, I got into, got his jumper cables out and jumpered my car. And so as soon as the thing lit off, I was gone, uh, took off. Uh, I probably made it to Macon, Georgia first fuel tank, uh, that I had to fill up. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere here. If I shut this thing off, it may not ever start back up again. I don't know what's up with the battery. The battery may have a dead cell in it, and I'm going to have to ask somebody for a jump, and I don't even have cables. So I let the thing run. <laughs> so I got gas, never shut it off. Got into Atlanta, never shut it off. You know, getting gas, it was like NASCAR pit stop. You know, here's this thing's just barking. And um, so I eventually 
I uh, made it all the way home and it was dark. Uh, when I was going through Bowling Green, it was just starting to get dark and I go to click the wipers on wipers didn't work and it started raining. So I'm driving in the right hand lane, uh, basically almost hydroplaning and the semis are honking at me because I'm not going fast enough because I cannot see. I am looking through a, a hole about as big as a quarter in the corner of the windshield. That's just where I could see through it. And, uh, it was pretty frightening because uh, it's a freeway that was dark. I didn't really know it very well. And I, you know, you're, you're cruising along and next thing you know, you're, you're hydroplaning, you know, you just keep the wheel pointed straight and don't tap the brakes. So I finally made it home and, uh, pull into the driveway and I shut the thing off and I'm thinking, you know, I should see if this thing starts back up again, just to see if it would. And bam, thing lit right back off again. It probably would have lit off in Macon when I got my first fuel tank, when I got my first fuel load, but I didn't know. That car was so loud inside, uh, and I didn't really realize it till I got home. And my dad said hi, and it was just like I could barely hear him. It was just like you know my ears were just ringing. That was twelve straight hours of just about open headers because um, the mufflers were right up underneath my seat. Yeah, but it made it, and uh, we got it home and. After we got back from Omaha, Kathleen's wedding, the first thing I did was I put an had a, a, an exhaust system put on it, so the ride home was substantially better. So, but I, I missed that car, and it was it needed some help. And back then, they didn't make a lot of the reproduction parts that they make now. But uh, I really wish I still had that car. I, I had a lot of good memories in that car. And yeah, that that was one of them. I, mean, I had many many other cars. The thing about being in the service is that you get an opportunity to come through some really cool cars because there's always somebody in your shop or somebody in your dorm that just got orders and they've got to sell their GTO or they've got to sell their Roadrunner or, and so you would get these cars at just great deals and you'd have them for about four months only to find out that you're the guy with the orders now and you've got to sell your car. So, you know, there were some really cool cars. At one time I had a 65 GTO, a 65 Le Mans, a uh, really cool Cowlick Volkswagen, had my Camaro. You know, this was within about a two and a half year span. Had some cool stuff, you know, but unfortunately, I really never got a chance to keep any of it, you know. Well, and you still got cool stuff. I mean, come on. It's... Well, yeah, I mean, but a lot of that stuff is the stuff I've had for a long time. I mean, you, you are, are the you are the car guy, the, the Camaro. I mean, come on, dude, the Camaro is, you know, let, let's tell people about the Camaro. This is this is a cool car. Well, guy. this kind of ties in with the previous Camaro, the 69 Camaro. Well, when I got back from Korea, we had stored my Camaro in a, a, a storage place. Uh, I rented a, a, I think it was a 10 by 20 uh, storage uh, thing. And so the car stayed in there for the year when I was uh, in Korea. And I got back and um, took it for, a, a, you know, some drives. And it just, the harmonic balancer was having an issue uh, where the end of the crankshaft had, a, had, there was an issue at the end of the crankshaft. The, uh, the size was slightly under. So the harmonic balancer would slightly rock on it. And what happened was that, you know, at that RPM, it would start spreading the keyway in it. And then it would get to the point to where it would want to pitch the balancer. And I knew I was kind of screwed because I was going to have to drive it from Louisville because I had orders out here to California in Victorville. And that was 2,200 miles. I knew the car was not going to make it. Or if it did, it was just going to be a disaster trip. And I didn't want to risk it. Had a lot of people really hitting me up to buy that car. And so I wound up selling it. So I got out here to California thinking, well, with the money that I got from the 69, I'm going to buy me another 69. I'll buy a rust-free one this time. And so looked around and I wasn't patient. I should have, you know, saved up a little bit extra and bought the car that I wanted. And uh, one of the guys in my shop was a big second gen Camaro guy and he had a 71. He had just gotten back from uh, Germany and uh, he had his 71 rally sport over in Germany with him. So it cruised the Autobahn and, you know, he had a blast in the car. He got back to the States and he wanted to buy another one, but he wanted a 70 SS396 Camaro. So he knew that he had to get rid of one or the other. So the 71 came up for sale and I drove it and I figured, well, I'll just, you know, I'll buy this car and I'll just cruise it for a little while, you know, until my, you know, I get the, the 69 Camaro that I want. I started driving and I started really liking the car. 
uh, as far as handling and comfort, it was a better car than my 69. And, uh, and I enjoyed driving it. But when I, when I buy a vehicle, I always start a book on everything I own. That way, if anything ever happens to the car, I've got all the VIN numbers and I've got all the information, you know, in case, you know, we need to go looking for the car, I can give it to the police and go, here's the VIN number of the car and here's everything. So I always start a book. Well, <clears throat> I get out there with this one and got my note, my pad, and, you know, I'm looking at the the VIN tag and 12487L5000003. And I'm like, what? No way. And come to find out, it's third car made in 1971, which is kind of a, it's kind of weird. Um, they, they built Camaros, you know, there was an assembly line in Norwood, Ohio, and there was an assembly line in Van Nuys, California. And this car was built in, in Van Nuys. And so it was built on the first day of production, the second week of August, 1970. So the car was uh, original numbers matching car, the original motor, original transmission, original rear end. Um, so... You know, there was no modifying that car from that point on, you know, that point on it was, you know, I'm not going to modify this car in any way. And I still own the car. Um, I've had the car probably longer than any other car I ever had. I think I bought that car in 1987 and it's still ready to ready for restoration. So, um, whether I, I do the restoration or somebody else, I sell it and somebody else does it, it's going to be a really, really neat car, um, uh, because it's a California car and it's got a kind of a neat history of going over to Europe, but it's numbers matching and it's super solid. So, but it, it has a, uh, an issue that a lot of the early 70s cars have. It's just got a funky color. It's like that. It's called uh, code 53. It's plaster gold, which is kind of a butterscotchy gold color. I hated that color for a number of years, but now that I'm starting to see that color being done on some restorations where guys are doing it in uh, base clear, it's actually a pretty cool color and it's kind of warmed up to me and I like the color now, but at one time it was like, Oh, this color is so bad, but, uh, I kind of like it now. So that's still with me. I, I've owned that car longer than any other car I've ever owned. If you're that guy, I'm going to restore it one day. He's yeah, that guy. Well, you know, like anything else, I, were, I wasn't ready to do a restoration. I was a hot rodder. So, you know, I wanted to build, you know, I got into the later model trucks for a while and, and got through all that, then did some earlier trucks. And and like anything else, I mean, I'd love to have, a, you know, a budget to where I could just go out and build something and in a year be done with it. It just seems like there's always other things that are more important. Uh, you know, there's always bills to pay. There's always other things. And, you know, the hot rod is always the last one to get that and so yeah so i and i wasn't ready for a restoration now that i've kind of mellowed out a little bit i could do i think i could do a really nice restoration now uh, and it's right up my wheelhouse too because of all the research and everything that you'd have to do to do it correctly uh, i think i would really really enjoy it except it won't get a vinyl top you can that that is indeed fact i'm sorry if the caltag says it had a tan vinyl top that car will never see a vinyl top <laughs> my 69 camaro basically lost two quarter panels and a trunk floor because of a vinyl top uh i will never own a car with a vinyl top i'm sorry i like the way they look on some cars i'll never put one on if i have a choice what about a mod top oh absolutely target top we can cut that target top apart. uh that's target right or top. like a, a nice jc whitney sunroof Ooh, you know those wow. oval ones oh his and hers <laughs> Oh, his and hers. There you go. Yeah. That's period correct right there. Oh, man. Dude, that's <laughs> some rear window louvers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. You would be the shit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, I was close. when I Before I started writing all those numbers down, I was going to mini-tub that Camaro. I was going to put a big block in it, you know, put a 10-inch tire up under it, you know, some ladder bars and the whole thing, and... Man, I'm so glad it didn't happen because the shop that would have done the work, come to find out, was the biggest hack shop. And Brad knows who these guys are. Uh, <laughs> it would have been awful. It, that poor car would have just... Uh, I think about the possibility of what could have happened. Ugh, it was wonderful. No, oh, that was bad. Are you the guy who destroyed the third car built? In? Yes. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> You know, but what's so unusual about that car is that I've tried to contact some people within GM and they're no help. It's like, 
Is there any records of this car at all? Nope, sorry, can't help you. Is there any pictures of Van Nuys of the first day of production in 19, you know, August of 1970? No, can't help you. You know, here's all the numbers. Is this car the third one? No, nope, don't know, can't help you. It's like there's got to be somebody out there that has access to some archival data that can say, yes, this is the first rally sport, or no, there was a rally sport that was car number two. Yeah, I, if I it was number know. two or number four, be worth a pile of money. That one's only yeah. worth like twenty-seven dollars oh, or something. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, <laughs> oh you got number three. Yeah, that's oh, the one. Everybody. That's the one we built on Christmas vacation that nobody uh, wanted. That everybody. Great. Everybody peed on that one when it yeah. left. That was that. Was uh-huh. that car? It's the cursed car. It it sits uh, in its own. Oh, file that's the car folder. that Elmer Jones died in uh, during <laughs> the assembly line. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the air conditioning went out in the plant. Yeah, and he died back there. We didn't find him for a week. <laughs> Did you ever get the smell out of the car? Yeah. <laughs> we affectionately call that car Harley Earl's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly Earl. <laughs> we couldn't even tell if it was Earl. <laughs> Makes you wonder, though. You know, maybe there is some history behind that car somewhere. I'd love to know more about it. You know, some of the early cars were distributed to some of the GM brass and they drove them for a period of time until either the next model came out or, or they had their eye on something else. I would love to know. I know the history of that car from 1984 to current. In 1984, that car was sitting on a used car lot on 7th Street in Victorville, California. I know it from that point on. Uh, I know the history of the car, but from 1984 to 1971, I would love to know more about where that car was. Well, you had said something about that car being in Europe. It was, yeah. Uh, when when my buddy bought it, he bought it in 1984 because he was stationed out here in Victorville, and he's the guy that took it to Germany. So in 1985, 1986, and 1987, the car was in um, in Germany. Uh, it was Spangdahlem Air Force Base in, in Germany. And so that car uh, uh, pinned the speedometer many times on the Autobahn. Yeah, Very nice. Yeah, yeah. He said that uh, when that car was over there, <clears throat> he said that every time he took it out, there was always a German tapping on his window asking him if he wanted to sell the car. And he always used to laugh because they always say, does this have a Magnum V8 in it? <laughs> they would always ask this question, does it have a Magnum V8? It's like, uh, no. Yeah, but it was... Uh, yeah, it was a popular car. It it's was got a, a turbo boost, four forty-two. Yeah, man, <laughs> got an Iron Duke in it. <laughs> Again, it's a callback to when we were off air. It's got the Munchie transmission. Munchie trans, yeah. This is before they put Cadillac converters in them. <laughs> Posey rear. Posey, Posey rear. Yeah, it smells like flowers when you jump on it. Yeah. Uh... And a turbine 350 transmission. <laughs> they sound spectacular. Uh, other projects you have, obviously, on the website. Uh, nice yeah. plug, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, nice segue to the uh, podcast yeah. the website. Had, nice. I've had a number of projects. I've kind of been guilty of being one of those guys that really enjoy starting projects. Uh, I love doing the suspension work and getting them sitting down and putting the right wheels and tires on them. It's the final uh, finish work that just doesn't excite me all that much it's not as as fun it's it's a nature of of hot riding everybody needs to do it if you need to finish one you've got to you know do all the finish wiring and the finish plumbing and all that sort of stuff and all the finish work and that is an extremely expensive part of putting any car together as anybody could that's been there can attest to so but in your uh, defense the uh that that long-term project you had with your kitchen i gotta tell you (laughs) that those new alabaster formica countertops oh oh yeah man oh yeah well, they were quartz, and I grew them myself. <laughs> They're not lab-created. I made those myself. It took 11 years, but I made them myself in place. <laughs> Alex's quartz farm. Yeah. Every day I'd get out there and put a couple of eyedroppers more of quartz juice on top. <laughs> quartz juice? <laughs> yep. I can't tell you where he, where he harvested from. No, no, harvested from the tears of podcasters starving to death. Right, that's cool. proprietary. <laughs> so, yeah, but I've had a couple of projects. I just recently sold one. Um, uh, it was a 1958 Chevy truck that I had for a number of years that 
Um, had a really good start, put a Camaro clip under it, put a Ford nine inch in it. And the intent was, oh, I'm just going to build a nice little, you know, beat around truck. It was just, you know, a fun driver. And then, uh, start a family and it becomes, you know, it's not the most important thing anymore that it sits for a while. Then you, then you get a second win and, you know, then you get it back on it again. And, uh, I'm just about finished with a story for the website on that particular truck. So, uh, it should come out in probably a couple of days and kind of talks about the history of that one. It was funny when I got it ready to sell, uh, I started putting pieces together on that truck that I pulled apart 20 years ago or modifications that I did that I got about 90% done with. And I finally got to see what they'd look like when they were done. And, uh, it was kind of fun. Um, and I was really happy with the way that it looked when it was time to sell it. And everybody asked me, are you sad that it's gone? And it's like, part of me is sad, but part of me was happy because I got to help the buyer have that feeling that everybody loves to get when you buy something. And when you buy something, you're so excited. And, you know, that excitement had kind of run out for me on that truck. You know, I liked it, but, you know, I, I wasn't in love with it anymore. And, and But the guy that bought it, it was like watching a 16-year-old buying his first vehicle. It was really fun. I mean, it was cool because he was so excited and he had all these plans and what he wanted to do with it. And, you know, and he was, you know, kept looking at it. It was actually fun to help be a part of that experience for somebody. So, cause I know what that's like. And it's a, I love that feeling. I love it when you're out buying one and, and it's all about, you know, researching the vehicle and learning as much as you can about it. And now you're looking through Craigslist and you're looking through eBay and you're trying to find parts for it. And it's a great time. It's, you know, anybody that's ever built a car or bought a car, everybody knows what that feeling is. And it's, it's great. Brad's going through it right now with one of his projects. So, uh, and, and yeah. I, it, it's a fun, it's a fun time. It really is. I'm not going through anything. I, uh, well, menopause. Well, there's that. There's that. Sure. The hot flashes. You'll get over it. You know. That's not true. You've been working on this little project in the garage, so that's completely not true. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, oh the other. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's playing this. Yeah, don't be playing <laughs> that crap. Stop it. Yeah. But, uh, that, that life scale Ewok treehouse playset. Yeah. That's, that's going to be awesome. I, I almost, I almost got my costume finished. Doug, Doug, Doug. <laughs> or whatever those guys always always said in the stupid movie. Mm, dog, dog, dog. <laughs> oh, God. Those are what was it? The dozers from Fraggle Rock. Take your pick. All right, right. I don't know if that was any different. I have no idea how that ties together. See, lots of projects stuff. And nice tie back. We got that tie back into the website. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a story that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, kind of a story about you know a vehicle that kind of sat patiently waited for a time that never really came. Uh, and I think a lot of us that have had long-term projects have kind of gone through that. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, I, I hate doing that. I mean, I hate, you know, having a project that's on that long. I, I wish, wish I could finish them, but I've got one right now that's about 80% done and, and it's next. Uh, so I'll, I'll get that thing going. Outstanding. Yeah. It's and close. That car yeah. Is, it's, it's, it's very close. close. It's very close. And then, of course, I've got the 71. And then, like anything else, you know, my OCD, I uh, bought a 68 Camaro that a uh, couple couple months ago. And it's it, it's a car that my wife has always wanted. And I love first-gen Camaros. And my wife, from day one, the first night that we dated, uh, I told her about my Camaro. And she goes, oh, my dad had a 68 uh, Rally Sport uh, when, when he was in service. And uh, he had just gotten back from Vietnam and he ordered his through what's called AFES, which is the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. It's basically it's almost like the Costco for the mil for the Army in a way, um, in a way. Uh, so you could order cars through it. You can do all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, he was sitting over there in Southeast Asia and he had a uh, an order form for a 68 Camaro and he just starts checking boxes. That car today would be one of the coolest Camaros you could ever buy. It was just an RS. It wasn't an SS, but he had 
headrest, which was optional. And you never see that on the 68. 69s were the first year for standard headrest, but 68, you could order them and they're super rare. He had headrest. He had cruise control. He had power windows. He had tilt, full gauge package, deluxe interior. He was just checking boxes. And uh, he picked it up uh, in Buffalo, New York, because that's where he was from. And uh, they drove it all over the place and uh, even took it to Europe and went all over uh, Italy in that car. They, when they were stationed in Italy, they had that car. And so, um, yeah, it, my wife had a lot of uh, really special memories in that Camaro. So she always wanted another one. So uh, the price of first-gen Camaros are really blowing up right now. And uh, I knew that if, if I didn't jump on one early... Um, I would probably never get one. And so, uh, one of my buddies, Rob Lindsay had one that he was going to build a drag car out of and, uh, made me a deal, an offer I couldn't refuse. Um, it needs a lot of work, but for the price, I did really, really well on it. It needs a lot of work, but, uh, uh yeah, thank you, AMD. <laughs> um, yeah, it needs, um, almost a rebody, but that's, that's okay. You know, it's a Camaro. But this one won't be a restoration. This will be more of a hot rod, kind of a uh, something I've been kind of wanting to do with these. I love the pro touring concept, but I think it's time to push that stuff into maybe another direction. Uh, pro touring cars are great. I, I, I For what they do, I think they're phenomenal. I think they're starting to get to that point now where a lot of them are starting to look a lot alike. And I just think it's time to kind of go into a new direction. Well, I yeah. think that your your monster rally cross concept is really gonna. Well, I've kind of changed. I'm gonna go monster truck instead. Ooh, I liked it before. Well, that might that might work better, I guess. So yeah, so that that's kind of that's kind of where I'm thinking. Stadium truck. <laughs> Stadium truck. <laughs> Stadium arrow. Come on. Uh, yeah. You want make that. a great make a great T-shirt. You put some toolboxes in the bed. Right. Color color it all in, it'd be awesome. <laughs> yep. See, we just funded your project. Thank you. <laughs> Head on over to our website, pick up Alex's Stadium Arrow t shirts. Bigfoot Camaro. <laughs> Bigfoot's trademarked, you're gonna be screwed. Yeah, I can't do Bigfoot. I gotta do some other forest creature. Yeti? Yeti? Ooh. A Yeti Camaro? What a leader. Lee Marrow. The, the Big Alex. Yeah. Ooh. Fancy. Well, we kind of gotten away from that. When people named cars for the longest time, it's like, Project Whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can't have that. You run out of names after a while. Project Bank Account Drainer. <laughs> yeah. Project broke ass. <laughs> Project mortgage cubed. <laughs> it goes for that one, right? Yeah. Project plasma donor. Take what it out a second and not putting it back in your house. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the way to go. Uh, that's um, like every every car guy has done that, though. I mean, yeah. haven't they? It's yeah. Is this money going to be used to uh, for home projects? Mm, yeah. Well, it's, it'll be in the <laughs> yeah. garage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to park it here, yes. It'll, part yeah. of it be, it'll be in the garage. Yeah. Maybe we could do that. Why don't we Why don't we start a whole series? We'll, uh, uh, yeah, with, with all of our money. Okay, we'll, we'll pull it together. We'll get a car donated to us. And what we'll do is we'll build a car using the most frugal means possible to come up I'm with in. money. It's just like every Saturday, there's one of us out there panhandling, you know, on the freeway exit. You know, somebody yeah. goes in, it's like, hey, Brian's not going to be on the podcast tonight. He he donated all of his blood. That's right. <laughs> he went to two different blood places across town in, in one day. Had a lot of cookies. Ate a lot of cookies that day. <laughs> Drank a lot of orange juice. A lot it was of orange brutal, juice. Brutal, man. He's wiped out, but he made 11 bucks. <laughs> So that, that one suspension bushing is almost paid for. All right. Can't eat the elephant in one bite. 
I think that'd be a fantastic series. <laughs> here's here's Brian along a 10 freeway looking for bottles. <laughs> He's in the median in the center and in the, in the danger zone looking for bottles. Hey, look, a clear bottle. That's five cents. <laughs> this guy cares. <laughs> oh, look at him out there picking up trash. What a good guy. Yeah. He's thinking about the environment. No, he's not. He's out at the Churiaco Summit. It's 118 degrees outside, and he's looking for clear plastic pop. <laughs> hey, this isn't Gatorade. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I keep finding these orange. <laughs> this isn't Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> Person a milk jug full of Gatorade. <laughs> Score. <laughs> People that don't like Gatorade, I can't believe this. That and all so, these baby Ruth bars. <laughs> Yum. That's the story of Alex and Brian with his Gatorade collection. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I saved them all. Got them on my <laughs> patio. <laughs> I'm, I'm making patio lanterns out of those. <laughs> Tiki torches. Man, I love the theme of your backyard. It smells just like the men's room at Shea Stadium. Oh, yeah. I was working on that. Notice I don't have any flies on my patio. Because <laughs> they don't like ammonia. No. Nope. Uh, how did it turn to that? What happened? That's two in one day. What was it oh, earlier today? It was what? A Wolford Brimley freaking. Oh, we went off on Wilbur Brimley. It was completely sideways. Diabetes. <laughs> well, correct Diabetes. me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he was in touch by an angel, wasn't he? I don't know. That's what the whole. Um, yeah. Okay, now Touched by an Angel was Michael Landon's show. Was that him? I was that his? Think. Well, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, see, now we're, we're we're trying to do this without the aid of. He had a he had an old sidekick that was with him, but it wasn't uh, Wilford Brimley. If it was the Michael Landon show, not to brag, but uh, Brad, we did come up with a great tie-in. Maybe we just need to get away from the podcasting thing and go into marketing. I thought we could have a touched by an angel night with the Anaheim Angels. Ooh! And then you bring in Wilford Brimley for like free oatmeal night. Yeah, seeing forget the bottle the head, you get you get oatmeal night. He could give a public service announcement about diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Now you just uh, what if uh, we'll, we'll never get diabetes. We don't we don't make enough money here to eat. Yeah, I can't afford sugar. I like I just brought that back. But no, it's uh, see that was great, man. We now now y'all know just a little bit about Alex. Sorry about that, everybody. So, Alex, who's your favorite boy band? Favorite boy band? Oh yeah. Ooh. Well, we got to ask the we got to ask the important Tiger Beat. Got to give me a got to give me a difficult question. Boy band got to be Menudo. Damn son, really? Wow. <laughs> hey man. Well, which version of Menudo? I have no idea what they're singing. I have no idea what they're singing. Man, they're my favorite. Wait though. Well, okay. I, I will give you this though. Wasn't Menudo that band where like they always alter the roster? It was like, well, Jose, you're too old. You're out. And yeah, and somebody new. Keep retooling it, dude. No other band does that. Like ACDC should do that every now and then. You know, it's like, well, Brian Johnson, it's been a good run. Um, all right, up next, Joe. Here, grab this. Uh, grab this bottle of broken glass and gravel and gargle with this yeah. for an hour. How great would that be to see a band just go on and on and on, like the Rolling Stones? Uh... Well, that's a whole different thing. That's just immortality. Not in a good way either. Final tour, nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you saved the T-shirt. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. You always see that's it. like Soundgarden, the final tour again. Yeah. Yeah. This is the last show we're ever gonna do. But that's always like at like the local casino. It's like oh, this week at Viquiva Casino, surviving member of Audio Slave. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Poison revisited. <laughs> so do they all have, have bandanas with hair in them? Yeah. <laughs> or just a lead singer. How does that work? Oh, was it know. those visors they used to sell at the car shows? 
Yeah, with the yeah. tuft on the top of it. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. But it's no longer the visor, just a bandana with hair coming out of it. I, like I don't think in his case there's even any hair coming out of it. I think it's just one of those cowboy bandana head things. <laughs> yeah. Bandana head thing. Uh, yeah. Head thing. Well, you you know, who doesn't wear a bandana and then a cowboy hat over top of it? Makes that, sense to me. Sure. Why wouldn't you? What's, oh, crap. Right. Just wear a, wear a Yankees hat on top of it to kind of complete the ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> a Yankee said it's an urban cowboy. <laughs> That's right. I like I miss it. You never see last names like remember like the Don Martin cartoons. Glort, Bleeble, and Derp <laughs> Plumbing Company. <laughs> Love Don Martin. He was the best. God, see that be that uh, he he's passed away, hasn't he? I don't know. I, I have to think so. I mean, I, I read Mad Magazine back in the seventies, you know, and he was, yeah, <laughs> done. <Mark. laughs> was some cutting edge stuff, man. That was great stuff. Yeah, the pl- plumbing company, <laughs> Glit, Glort, Bleeble, and Derp. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You remember that? That's oh, I never of... forgot it. I thought it was the coolest one. Ever. <laughs> I can forget those. <laughs> well, there's your insight. That's all you need to know about Alex. The end. Yeah, sorry, folks. Wish there was more. Well, well, thanks, man. I uh, dude, it was great to have your story on, and uh, look, look yeah. for an online store soon. We'll have a pop-up book all about Alex. Yep, yep. Alex goes to town. <laughs> right, next to, right next to the wheels on the bus book. It's, it's yeah, right next to that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex eats a cracker. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, now the rest of us will go hungry. <laughs> now I'm depressed again. Yeah, me too. timing what was that was that the sound of was that did we just did we just get a donation well, maybe that's what that oh. was yeah thank you philippines every time a bell rings a podcast gets money gets its wings oh, oh. Wrong, wrong movie gets well. its fist <laughs> it's, it's in the past tense that's fist dead <laughs> <laughs> who's Ed uh, <laughs> oh it's late everybody's tired it is late it's super yeah. tiring um, that said uh, <clears throat> a big thank you though to uh, our sponsor Twitter <clears throat> Tug you guys have uh Stuck around with us now for 68 episodes. Well, we're on 68 episodes. They kind of came in later. No, we nobody nobody have, needs to know that, though. They've we been, definitely uh, appreciate those guys. Thank you so much. They literally, literally have been, though, with us in spirit yep. from Absolutely. before there was an episode one. Right. Um, cannot say thank you enough, man. And if, yep. if, uh, if you're looking for a, uh, a tug for your trailer, by golly. Because as their uh, as their slogan says, every man needs a good tug. <laughs> it's fantastic. No, seriously though, uh, head on over to trailertug.com and learn more about the world's strongest trailer dolly. Uh, as always, listeners of the Round Six podcast get ten percent off their order by mentioning the secret code Round Six at checkout, or you can do that when you phone your order in. Um, also like to thank our good friends over at Hot Rod Central Louver Company. Uh, another great supporter yep. and longtime cheerleader of the podcast. And I'm not sure Chip looks really good in a cheerleader outfit, but I'm sure he could pull it off if anyone could. If you asked him, I know he'd wear one for you. He would. He would do it. He's that he kind of a guy. Yep. Yeah, that's what we need to do at our, for our next booth. Chip, it's all you. That's it. But no, a good good. Uh, great people to have around to great mm-hmm. supporters of the podcast. Thank yep. you. Yep. Since day one, he's, he's been a avid supporter and we definitely appreciate all his uh, effort. 
affirmative. Yeah, very good stuff. And by by far the uh, the place to go here in the southwestern United States if you want to punch a bunch of louvers in your hood, trunk lid. Yeah, definitely. He's he's the only guy I know that will take the time to lay out the absolute best pattern that you could ever find for louvers. And I mean that there's nobody that does it like he does. Very meticulous guy. Absolutely. Yep. Very meticulous. Absolutely. Nobody does it like he does. <clears throat> and not afraid to ruin any sheet metal. He is not afraid. Nope. He will punch holes in anything. Yep. Even your hand if you put it in there. Oh yeah. He's not afraid. Yeah. If you're into taxidermy, bring that by too. On top of that, uh, I'd like to also thank uh, our other sponsor, your favorite word in the English language, Brad. Yes, my favorite word. I'll let you say it. Haberdasher. <laughs> yes. Let me say that again. Haberdasher. I love that word. If you're ever wondering why the round six guys smell delightful, look, well, passable, uh, it's due to CF Maidlau Haberdasher. By all means, uh, you guys need soap. Uh, men's grooming products uh, if you happen to have a beard. Well, if you're able to grow a beard, then you need his stuff. Um, I don't really know what else to say about that except thank you. If you're curious about Alex's Brazilian cut, you can, mm-hmm. there you go, man. Or my bifocal monocle. Dude, <laughs> the bifocal monocle. There it's you progressive. go. Progressive. <laughs> 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 I'm not uh, staring, looking you up and down. Trust me. I'm just <laughs> working my progressive right now. Although, Lloyd, uh, yeah, if you, if you head over to CF Maidlow, C-F-M-A-I-D-L-O-W.com, uh, check out their wares. Check out everything they've got to offer. Um, seriously, uh, you can't beat it. As they say on their website, it's man's other best friend. Ah, so that said, thank that. you to our listeners. And uh, yeah, thanks for hanging in there, putting up with our BS here as we uh, we enter uh, week two of seeking pledges. It's just got a lot of big things. Got a lot of big things planned. We do. A, lot, a lot of things coming up that, um, yeah, yeah, we, we, we definitely use you... long on. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll uh, we'll come. With... Hey, win a chance to be the round six cheerleader at our next event. Mascot. If Chip will share the outfit with you, and that's, you know, maybe maybe we should just have. What if we do a contest? What if we, okay, take our theme music and write lyrics to it. <laughs> There's like yeah. twenty six different time signatures in that thing. Go at it. it <laughs> but it, it it can't be a punk song. It can't be a speed metal song. It has no. to be a folk song. Yeah, like I, I prefer. Oh, should we? It's a, it's a pretty a heavy duty thing, so it needs to be a ballad. I mean, it needs to be a complete screw up of the whole Rockies. <laughs> a ballad. It needs to be a ballad. <laughs> the ballad of the Round Six podcast. <laughs> there we go, though. So we'll have. Uh, yeah. So let's start. We'll try to figure that out. Look on the website. Hell, look on Facebook for that. Write us some lyrics for our theme music. That would be awesome. It'd be even better because Alex is going to sing it. I could sing it. He's not afraid. Nope. It'd be great. It'd be a rock opera. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go with like a round six like concept album. Yeah, Talk look what Mister Roboto did for Sticks. I mean, shoot, it just oh you know, yeah. It'll be our twenty one twelve. The, our Chinese democracy. <laughs> it take us 17 years to release it. It's going to be great. And it'll, actually never, and it'll actually never come out. Oh, yeah, that's us. Yeah. We'll just threaten you with it, but it'll never actually get finished. That's right. Speak Don't make form. us release it. Don't <laughs> make us. That's, uh, that's it. At the end of, wow, at the end of this episode, um, I am a, uh, I'm an exhausted and uh, not quite fully diabetic Brian. I'm a much lower VIN number, Brad. Wow. And I'm uh, an exhausted or lack of exhausted Alex. Wow. All right, guys. Thank you again for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.
Thanks again for listening, and be sure to keep up with us gearheads over on our website at www.round6pod.com. And if you'd like to, we invite you to follow along with us over on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to check out all of our latest videos on YouTube.com. Big thanks once again to our sponsor, Trailer Tug. Please visit them at trailertug.com and learn more about the world's strongest trailer dolly. Our listeners receive 10% off their order when they use the discount code ROUND6 at checkout or when calling their order in. 